0: Brandon Robinson here with the Make America Great Again podcast. Here with our Conspiracy Sunday edition. Today I'm going to cover who they are. When I when I and most people say they in conspiracies, uh, I often get the question, "Who are they?" And you know, I hear, especially any doubters, you know, they always hate it when anyone says they. But really, when I when I say they. I mean the globalists. And again, who who are the globalists? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So who are they? Well, simply put, the globalist movement is an alliance based on self-interest of the private international financiers and the royal dynastic and heredity land-owning companies and families of Britain, Europe, America, and really the entire world, which They've intermarried to create a self-regenerating power structure that, through lies and deception, seeks to control everything and everyone on Earth. Through the control of the ability to create money, they're able to exercise control over all the power centers of society, including the corporations, the media, culture creation, the education system, uh, historical societies, the political system, the military, religion, foundations... Other NGOs, uh, medicine, and law. Um, over time, they've extended their network of control to include the elites from countries all over the world, um, and you know they're all working towards the same end. Just so you understand the scope of how many people and how widespread this is, I'm just going to briefly list off. You know, uh, a nice concise. Again, who are they? This is who they are. International money. Center banks, central banks, international monetary funds, world banks, international bank of settlements, uh, world Conserve- conservation bank, uh, multinational corporations, uh, all foundations pretty much. Um, secret society groups like Freemasonry and uh, Skull and Bones and the, the Grand Orient Lodge and uh, the Grand Alpina Lodge and Knights Templar, and Royal Order of the Gardener. Uh, Priory de Seon, uh, the Rorschrians, um, uh, we got political groups too, we got, the you know, pretty much every world leader, I mean, like, not just one, all of them, um, we got you know, United Nations, the Bilderbergs, the Trilateral Commission, the Council of uh, Foreign Relations, you know, um, what else we got? Uh, Bohemian Grove people, the Club of Rome aspen Institute, uh, international labor Un- Unions um, uh, you know NATO Eec, all those guys um, if, as far as intelligence groups CIA KGB, FBI uh, British intelligence, the mafia, which I mean literally it 's all the, almost the same uh, you know, drug cartels Interpol uh, Communist Party uh, you know' so you're talking China um, they 're all they're all in the, you know, the same kind of an intelligence group together, you know, and they all share stuff. It's, it's, it's weird, you know. We just attach, like, we think the CIA is like, oh, well, that's our government. So it's, no, it's just like, it's the mafia. It's just the sanctioned mafia for the government, okay? They go around and just do shady shit all day. That's all. That's their job, you know? Anyways, then you got... Religious groups like the uh, World Council of Churches, uh, the National Council of Churches, the World Parliament of Religions, the Vatican, uh, New Age cults and groups, uh, liberal Protestant denominations, the Unity Church, which I'm sure you've seen, uh, Unitarian Universal Church, uh, Temple of Understanding, um, just all you know, and that's not even including the the, the Muslim sects as well. Uh, that's just the you know Jesus, but. And then the, the education groups, you know, uh, all the world peace groups, the Planetary Congress, the World Federation Association, uh, the, the environmental groups, uh, Lucis Trust, uh, World Goodwill, uh, World Union, uh, ESA, uh, the E-Salon Institute, uh, media establishments all over. All these people are owned by like, well, they're ultimately controlled by two people. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Or not two people, but two two main families, full of people, and and that's the crazy part. You see, it's not like you know, even though they're all kind of on the same page that they all want to dominate us and uh, keep us as the slaves that we are. The point is, they don't know what the actual um, they don't know don't know what the point is of the other people's agenda. So, like, the CIA would know what the FBI is doing. And the FBI would probably know what the CIA is doing. And, you know, all the intelligence people would probably be aware of the other person's activities because it would be pertinent to maintaining the power structure and not screwing stuff up too much. But those people don't necessarily know what the world bankers are attempting to do. You know, they're not necessarily on the same page on everything. And just like, uh, obviously, all the world leaders around the world... Are selfish people and want their own things as well, obviously. So they all have their own little um, reasons for being in the uh, the well, whatever you want to call it the globalist, the Illuminati, the um, <laughs> the group that runs the world. You gotta understand though, this is nothing new. This has been going on for literally thousands of years. Um, the The elites always you know, been trying to advance themselves and enslave the people that they rule. Uh, it's no different today than it was a thousand years ago, except for the fact that they have better technology now. Um, they can use, you know, advanced uh, psychological prop- propaganda techniques, you know, applying to the mass media. Um, but it, it's it's still the same thing. Oh, I mean, the education system as well obviously you know the fact that they hand out the money to fund the schools and then tell the schools what they have to teach and then set up tests like my daughter has to take this week where you know she has to go take her standardized uh test here in here in my state it's called the i-step and the point is i told her the truth Unlike my mother, which I know what she did it. She's a school teacher. You know, she didn't want to be an ass to my school teacher. But I told her the truth. I said, you know, you don't have to do well on that. You will still pass the third grade, regardless. So don't don't fret if you don't know the answer to something. You know, just don't worry about it at all. I don't even get to see the score. Like, you know, I'd have to because you know that's the truth. It's not like they send that score home. I know. I'm not saying I couldn't get her. Uh, school records and you know ask them to see it but the point is it's not a graded thing you know they always I remember when I was in school too they always make it seem like it's so important that you pass this like literally if you don't pass this you're not going to pass the third grade and it's not true it has nothing to do with it it has to do with them getting money the better the kids do the better the easier it is for them to uh, ask for more money or continue getting the same amount of money they already are from the federal government And that's what's wrong with our education system. We've let the federal government take our money and give it to the schools. When in reality, we should just be giving the money that the federal government's taking, and we should just be giving it directly to the schools. There's no reason why we should have to let the federal government take our money and hand it to the schools for us so that we all uniformly are on the same page about what our school should be doing because honestly, um, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but people are different uh, all across the United States, lots lots of people, different cultures, different opinions on things. Um, maybe some states would like to teach their children some things and other teach you know other states wouldn't like to teach uh, students some things maybe some states would drop this ridiculous education system altogether since we have things like google and the internet and teach our children life skills that will actually help them be a working human when they get out of school because the reality is if you don't go to college not that college helps either um at no point you know especially if shit parents at no point do you learn how to be an adult you don't know how to you don't learn how to balance a checkbook anymore you don't learn how to uh, do an actual job and sh- show up on time, and uh, you don't—they don't teach you uh, the value of any kind of uh, actual work. You know, they've gotten rid of most of the shop classes and stuff. The, the last bastion of uh, our, our youth being able to express themselves in schools—you know—that's that's the things they've been cutting the last ten years. You know, I'm talking about uh, band classes and music arts. You know, art classes. Um, shop classes, you know, any, anything that is useful to our children. Anything outside the basic, just teach them the history we want them to know and teach them how to do insane math problems that uh, Google can just answer for you in three seconds. And, you know, I'm not saying, like, you sh- you, I mean, sure, you can teach kids how to, like, do basic math and all that. But really, shouldn't we just be using them how to teach, it, how to, like, learn how to Google stuff efficiently? how to use a calculator efficiently. I mean, because as adults, how, when was the last time you busted out a piece of paper to do a math problem? If you don't have kids, I'm going to guess not for since you, whenever you were in school. That's how long. It's just not a... But they they make this lie that like we need to learn that shit. Okay? Like, I learned so much of my math after being out of school and just going, oh, man, now I need to know... I, I really actually need to learn the area of something. And you know what I did? I Googled it. And not that Google is not a terrible tool, too. That's just a tool of the globalists. They're literally using that to make us ridiculously idiots. I mean, we we just, we don't retain anything. We just Google it. And, you know, there's our instant information. And then we can go back to watching our Netflix. And, I mean, that's, it's all one giant form of control. But on the other hand, you know, it, How else do we feed, you know, three billion people and keep them all, at least some of them, relatively happy, you know, Uh, if you want to call this happy? That's, That's kind of the point. So if you want to stay happy, maybe don't continue listening to this episode, because if you do, it's kind of like taking the red pill in The Matrix, all right? You may suddenly wake up tomorrow and realize that your job is a sham and the... You needing to pay rent is you know, a sham, and it's all just one giant form of slavery, and there's no real reason why we should have to do any of that. Um, you know, I'm not insisting that we, you know, I would still prefer to live in some kind of capitalistic society where you have worth based upon your skills and your effort in this world. So if you did just sit and stare at rocks all day, maybe your life would not be as good as mine because I chose to do something with my life. Yeah, I like that value. What I don't like is um, the fact that they make everyone on this planet fear losing their home and everything they love because that's how they get you to have a job and then get you to do things you don't want to do at the job because if you, you know, if you... Don't do it, then you don't have a job, and you can't pay for stuff, and you lose your house, and you you know, especially once you have kids. When you're a single person, fuck it, you can go be a homeless person under a bridge and say, "Fuck this, I'm not conforming to your crazy like you have to do this or you don't you know get to have a place." I'll just go live on the street. That's what most like bums that we call them, you know, that's what they're doing. Like the the real ones. I'm not talking about the ones that panhandle at high traffic areas and then go get in their fucking Tahoe and drive home to their nice home, okay? I'm talking about the people that literally are vagrants, that really live on the street. They're doing that not because they're lazy. It's because they can't be a slave to this world anymore. And if that's the only option, they would rather just go live on the street and die of, because it got too cold one night than have to uh, continue in this world where everything is just it's pointless like why do you care about having nice things because that we've we've been forced into thinking that everyone has to have nice things that's that's why otherwise why 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 do you want a jet ski if you don't have one I don't know I don't even have I don't I don't even live by a body of water like I'd have to like take it somewhere you know but I still want one because it's nice you know the, the once or twice I've ridden it it was a lot of fun you know but why, why can't I just, you know, have that pleasure every once in a while and rent one somewhere? And, you know, I just know, but I want not I want not Because that's what you want. You always want nice things, right? It doesn't matter if you could just pay a very nominal fee and enjoy the pleasure of said thing. No, it's that you want one. It's mine. It's my precious. And you want to put your name on it and you want to get custom plates or whatever the thing is. You know, that's the point. You want to make it yours. It's got to be yours. It's all a, a giant scheme uh, by them to make us want pretty things, shiny things, you know, fun things, just to. Because otherwise, what would be the point of going to work? What, just so we can fucking come home and eat? That's not enough. You know, we got to have Netflix. We got to have iPhones. We got to have. All this silly shit that you gotta have in order to want to actually wake up and not just eat a bullet, and, you know, and go to your fucking job. It's not our fault, though. I can tell you whose fault it is, though. It's the globalists. But if you want a specific example that you all know, um, or at least all kind of know, you know who Bill Gates is, right? And obviously, he is a globalist as well, in case you didn't know. I know, Sad. We all loved windows so much. Anyways, um, you know, and it's not like Apple's any better. Apple's definitely just as evil. Um, But my point was, um, Bill Gates' dad was the head of the eugenics program and the head of the chairman of Planned Parenthood, uh, which is kind of like the liberals' plan to kill all the brown people, you know? Uh, He's also the head of the OSS. And the army intelligence funding, um, you know, and like obviously IBM was one of the you know first giant you know nice technological globalist companies that you know it was literally formed by globalists for globalism, and they're doing great still at their job of trying to globalize the world. Um, you know, and Google is obviously the second coming of IBM, you know, like fifty years later or whatnot. Because that's, you know, after the internet was born, Google is the new uh, IBM, and you know, the new main squeeze of the globalist technology-wise. Um, which, by the way, uh, that's... You, I hate to say it, but obviously, you can't just... It would be great if there were some other options other than Google. But what what choice do you have? They've made it so you literally have to use it. You don't have the option of... I mean, unless you want to have just subpar technologies. That's your option. It's that or Google or Windows, you know? (laughs) Like, if you want to, like, go develop your own version of Linux, I guess you could try to do that. Um, But you'd still have to, like, buy the hardware from the companies that are, you know, I mean, regardless, my point is you can't take, like, a vegetarian's approach to globalism. You can't try to just uh, not like abstain completely from helping them in any way because they've made it impossible for, like you would literally just have to sit in a room and starve yourself to death and die. That'd be the only way you couldn't somehow help the globalists today. Like it doesn't, if you have to go somewhere, you have to buy gas, you're helping the globalists. If you um, get hungry and decide to eat something that you didn't literally grow from scratch, then you're helping the globalists. You know, like no matter what you do, anytime you make a transaction monetarily, you're helping them. And that's that's their goal in life is for you to just uh, buy buy shit till you die. Literally till you die too. I mean that's why people, you know, old people having to worry about eating or having to split pills because their uh, you know the government assistance doesn't pay for both. And that's that's the globalists. Like that's the point. They they're old and useless and now drag on society. And in, in some cultures, like in, uh, it's either in Africa or, or South America, it's someone's job just to, you know, it's sad, they don't want to do it, but it's someone's job just to go ahead and take out the old person once they get to a certain age and they never see it coming. And they just, you know, hatchet it in the back of the head and it's done. You know, that just happens after everyone turns 70. It's like, okay, well, you're not going to make it to 71. So enjoy this last year before you get axed in the back of the head. And that's just the way they do it, right? And that's their uh, that's their welfare system. Oh, you're useless now. Okay, well enjoy it while it lasts. And that's the point. Or you know, I think the Alaskans used to have the thing where they uh, would send Alaskans, I mean Eskimos, they would put their old people on an ice you know piece and ship them out to sea. And it's the same thing. So our version of that is making old people choose between their medicine or food. That's our version of how would you like to die, insane or starving, you know? If we cared at all about them, we'd either A, take care of them literally until they died, like take care of them well, not just stick them in homes with another, a bunch of other crazy old people, but the point is, um, or you just kill them, and that's, you know, an equally shitty option, but that's the point. Letting them choose between starving or going crazy, and dying, is, is how's is that better than not just killing them when they're too old to care for themselves anymore? What's the, what's the, the logic in that? But again, I'm I'm a libertarian, so I'm all for like self-assisted suicide, for instance. Like I think if you truly want to go. Then you should be able to do so, especially if you're not a child. Um, you know, I, I, it's really hard for me to advocate that a child would, should have the right to uh, kill themselves. But I guess if they were, if they were, say they had a terrible disease and they were suffering very badly, and that's really what they wanted, I'm not. Who am I, you know, to say that's wrong? But the point is, I, I oh. As a a libertarian, I think it's everyone's right to end their life when they want, especially old people. If they at least had the option, if they had the option to just end it, like, yeah, I'm good. Like, send me out on that iceberg. But we don't even give them the option. That's the point. We make it like, no, you must just (laughs) starve or go crazy. That's your options. You don't get to uh, die with any kind of dignity at all or, you know, surrounded by, I mean, just how many people would love to just be sitting in their home that they've owned their whole life before, you know, like their kids take it and sell it to be able to afford putting them in the nursing, you know, care. How, like what, 10 years into being in the nursing care and, you know, now literally about to starve to death or die a few, few days away. I'm pretty sure they'd look back on that five or 10 years they spent in the nursing home and go, you know, I really wish someone just would have put the axe in the back of my head while I was eating breakfast that morning. Before they came over to tell me that they are selling my house and bringing me here. But who knows, maybe they may, maybe you made some friends and enjoyed the last ten years of your life, uh, living with a bunch of other people choosing between starving and slowly going crazy. But it it just seems like a, a, a giant shit situation, no matter what way you look at it. If I had my choice, I'd go out, you know, seventy five and skydiving without a parachute. That'd be a way I'd go. Yeah. But It's it's also, uh, it's not like I want that to happen. I just, if I started forgetting who my kids are and shit, it's just fucking throw me out of a plane. Let me have one last giant leap of awesomeness, and I can just go head first and uh, be done, you know? But getting back to the uh, globalists here, um, what I was saying about Bill Gates and uh, his father heading the eugenics program, I'm not sure what you guys know about eugenics, but it's basically um, the elite's version of let's kill the brown people. And, you know, not just brown people, uh, but a lot of it, you know, that's the whole point. That's why there's um, <clears throat> a prevalence of white people. And, they're you know, it's it's a never-ending battle with them to try to fight back the scourge of the brown people. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not... It, it's just because... They don't want. They um, they the think that they're like less superior, or racially and stuff, and it's not not necessarily true, but I mean they've you know they've got science behind certain things and that you know apparently, I think they're more concerned that racial mixing could actually see the problem is all the elites have been um, intermarrying for the last thousand years, so. They they're kind of weak physically, and you know they have to take lots of uh, stuff to maintain their mental capacity and whatnot. But really, you know, just through inbreeding, pretty much they've they're all just go go look at George Soros. <laughs> um, tell me that looks like a healthy person. The person that should still be alive and well and walking around is all I'm saying. You know, he definitely. Gets baby blood transfused into him or something every morning, but anyways the the point is they don't want people to inter intermix and Because uh, it kind of helps and just think about dogs. Okay, I mean this is the best example obviously um, If you have a mutt that is just a bunch of different stuff mixed together those dogs are generally way smarter and um, whatnot. Whereas, if you have a, a a nice dog with a you know you paid two thousand dollars for, that's a purebred whatever. Uh, a lot of times, those dogs are kind of stupid and have health issues and stuff because um, they're not. They look pretty, but that's their whole point. Like they are literally bred just to look really cool. They are not bred to be healthy, vibrant, uh, smart dogs. They're bred to look the coolest. And that's, think of that, only apply that towards humans. They just want us all to stay looking white and stay kind of dumb. And, you know, it's, it's not just that they don't want us to intermarry with um, darker skinned people. It's also that they don't want um, darker-skinned people to get a hold on this world and you know kind of kick out whitey because that would be bad for them, you know, um, and and it's it's honestly like that's Planned Parenthood. I mean that's the whole point of it. It's just it's I'm just saying they abort way more black and uh, Hispanic children than white people because white people generally pay for their abortions. I'm not trying to be like racist. I'm just saying like more, I'm not saying that we get less. I'm saying that, um, Planned Parenthood is the place you got to go to get free ones. Whereas a lot of times, uh, we'll, you know, drive to a nicer one and pay the 500 bucks it costs to get an abortion or whatever. And, you know, it's not, um, it's not something that anyone wants to talk about or do or, you know, abortion's a terrible thing, but, At the same time, you know, shit happens. And uh, handing out free abortions is probably not the way to do that. And I'm not suggesting that everyone go out and just have kids. You know, my personal views on abortion are that uh, I would would not want my child to ever be aborted. And I would think that aborting a kid, you know, past maybe the three-month stage, Maybe not so uh, not so nice. I'm not sure if it should be illegal until like maybe uh, I don't know six months and whenever the baby could actually literally live on its own. Yeah, you definitely should not be aborting that thing. Uh, but if if it still is requiring the mother to uh, live, then I, it's kind of the the mom's right to be like, nah, I don't want this anymore." I'm not saying it's right. Fuck, that's real fucked up. Uh, but that woman's the one that's got to live with it for the rest of her life, not the rest of us, okay? And she's the one that, you know, has to be judged by a god of, you know, that's that's a thing after she dies about it. So we don't need to. That's, that's definitely, uh, we don't need to pile it on, that's my point, you know, against anyone that wants to get an abortion. They got their own shit to deal with, obviously. But the whole point of eugenics is to make the population more docile and controlled and stupid and compliant. And it it was kind of actually a um, wasn't such a hidden thing before Hitler came around, and Hitler kind of made it a real negative uh, deal, obviously, because he was not good at all about um, hiding it. He just literally rounded up Jews and killed them. That's you know and other people that he thought was inferior. And while that's what the globalists are doing they do it by having a McDonald's down the street from you. So they are killing everyone. They just do it in a much slower fashion. They, instead of just scooping you up and sending you to the gas chamber, they just make sure that poor people eat shitty food and live in shitty places where the, where the pollution is high. And, you know, that way it's, it's, it's their own version of the gas chamber without uh, all the fuss of being blamed for you, you know, actually killing you. Um, whereas Hitler just went, nah, we'll just scoop them up and kill them. And that doesn't work out. So, well, I mean, it did, but it, it did not work out in the way that obviously, um, the problem is with eugenics, you don't want the stupid people you're trying to kill to realize you're trying to kill them because then, you know, they may not let you. So, you know, that's why, again, Hey, if you don't, if you want to go eat McDonald's tomorrow, uh, maybe don't continue listening to this podcast because, uh, you know, now you now you're not going to enjoy your Big Mac without thinking. Oh, great! Yeah, this is literally this is their attempt to kill me, like eating this shit food. So unlike Hitler, the the current globalists prefer to kill us slowly, and this is uh, you know really it's because they they've tried many different ways to control us over the last thousand years. But they've concluded that collectivism is the best form of social control. And this is why, you know, according to the United Nations, a totalitarian China is considered the model state for the future. You understand? It wants to be like China. China, where they have buses that drive around to kill you and then charge your family for the execution. That's, That's what they want our future to be like. Go look it up. I'm not making this up. They have they have execution buses. It's a mobile execution station. So it's like if you get caught jaywalking for the 31st time and then you're like, alright, well, you know, 31st time in a row, you get that's when you get your head chopped off or whatever. Well, you know, and actually in China they don't they're not like Muslim countries, they don't do the head chopping, they just shoot you in the face and charge your family for the bullet. That's the point. <laughs> and why do they do this? It's because they uh, the view overpopulation as a threat to their dominance. Um, they, they, they realize that eventually a large number of people will inevitably overthrow and remove them from power, especially with the internet. Like the internet, woo! they did not plan on that. Now we can all actually talk to each other, which is the real scary thing. That's why they've, you know, especially in the last couple of years, man, they really cracked down on uh, freedom of, you know, I never... Never in the last, you know, I've I've had the internet since dial-up, since prodigy internet, okay? Since before it was actual internet with pictures. That's how long I've had the internet, all right? I remember it when it was text-based, and that text took you minutes to download, you know, like insane. Point is, the internet was not a uh, whole, like they did not think it was going to be what it is now. And so companies like Twitter and Facebook Now, have the stranglehold. So basically, whenever you know, I would say 90% of most people's time spent on the internet is going to be at three different places. You're going to be at, you know, like whatever your two social media places are, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. Okay, so you're social, and then you're going to go to Amazon. All right, and uh, Jeff Bezos, yeah, definitely giant globalist. Hate to break it to you. So again, every time you order something from Amazon, and I'm guilty of it too, it's not just you, okay? But you're again paying directly uh, to like giving profits directly to one of the biggest globalists in the world, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, that was my fucking phone. Sorry, I'll definitely turn notifications off. My phone that's from Apple, which again is one of the worst. I mean, just to point out a, a very silly thing that Apple does to make you buy their products over and over, that. First of all, they make it so you can't replace the battery in it yourself. That's that's step one in making a phone that only lasts a year. Um, they also purposely use old battery technology so that the batteries don't last forever. Then um, on top of that, you know, they make it so that you have to install the new updated operating system, and they just make you update your old phone with this new operating system until your new your old phone can no longer work, and then you have to buy a new phone. Because they also do not allow you to downgrade it and put it back to the software that it came with. So there's no way that you can actually take your iPhone that you bought, that is owned by yourself, and put the stuff, put it back to the way it came when you bought it from the store. There's no way to do that. Like once you get, once you upgrade it, it's ruined forever. And now it's a useless piece of crap because you know the software you now have on it was designed for a phone four times as fast and it's you know they had to disable crap just to even get it to work on your phone and it wasn't designed for it and oh no imagine that now well I guess you just need to upgrade your phone I mean seriously you could have an if if you had an iPhone 3GS right now which is I don't know 10 years old at this point at least um, you know so we're talking like before there was even you know the square ones before that it's so like the round ones um, if you had that on iOS 4 which is like what it came with, it would still run almost as good right now as your giant, you know, iPhone 7. The difference is, you know, you'd be like, yeah, but you see, this has got the spotlight. You know, you you just be like, see, this has got like three extra features. And that's it though. Like other than that, you could still, can you still like Facebook and surf the web and make phone calls and FaceTime and like take pictures and send it? Like, can you still do the other 99% of things that you would want to do other than like fucking talk to Siri or use a thumbprint scanner? Like yeah, you could and everyone could still use their old 3GS if they hadn't made everyone upgrade and ruin their phone. And that's the point. Apple doesn't they don't care about they just want to sell you phones. That's their whole point of life is to take your money. But again, this is not your fault. That's their strategy. It's just to make you want pretty things. I mean, they they just, they control everything, you know, it's all, it's all part of their master plan, and again, they, when I'm talking, they, talking about, um, ultimately the, the Rothschilds and uh, the Rockefellers, two major, uh, trillionaire families that, you know, the, the Rockefellers would be the American family, and the Rothschilds would be the European family that really run everything, so if you want to narrow they down to two names that's it they are the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and if you don't know who those two people are then that's because you don't they've purposely made it so that all you know is that like Rockefeller huh wasn't that like an oil guy or something and the Rothschilds I know that name but I I don't know you know and that's the point they don't want to be even though they're literally the richest and most powerful people on the planet how much do you know about them? Isn't that weird that l- you you know almost nothing about the two richest families on the internet, or uh, not on the internet in the world? So like, isn't it kind of odd that you don't know who those two people are? Yeah. If if I you know if I ask you who the uh, uh, people that own Walmart is you know the I think it's the Waltons. I think that you, you know, would probably recognize that name and their business. But the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds who make the people who own Walmart look like chump change, you know, like literally, you know, they're they're so many degrees higher monetarily than um, the Waltons when it comes to, like, how much money they have, you know. Um, you know, and thinking about all this, it, my point was, you know, money. That's the, the, it's such a a joke that they make us care about this. It's because it's literally the means of holding wealth and exchanging goods. You know, so when they control it and they control like, okay, so say you have a million dollars and you're like, yeah, I got a million dollars. Well, they can just go, well, not actually. Now we see your million dollars, we made more money, but we didn't have any like reason to do that or didn't like add any value to We don't have a standard, so every time we make more money, now your million dollars is worth $900,000 to the rest of the world. And as we make more money, it'll get devalued more and more. And so every time the government prints more money, our money loses value. So they don't even have to tax you or come into your bank account to steal from you. They can just print more money, and they steal from all of us. And let's say you decide to not pay your taxes or pay your fair share to them. Well, then they control the law, too, which is the, you know, the authority to enforce the will of the state. You know? um, and it's no different from your, you can think, a police officer all the way up to the, uh, the you know, generals of armies. They're all the law. You can try to act like um, an army person is different than law enforcement, but they're just enforcing the, the authority of the state that's the point whether it's by killing people in mass or taxing them in mass you know because that's all the police are really there to do here you know they they don't they don't kill you unless they want to or need to for some reason and they really just want your money that's what they you know and if you're a drag on society in any way or they don't feel like you're holding up your worth or you're just brown then they send you to prison where the rest of us then pay money out of our taxes to house the brown people or whoever they decide to stick in the prison system and think about it anyone that's in prison right now for non-violent crime why why are they in there like just if there's no victim like say you got pulled over with some drugs is that really worthy of Sticking someone in a cage that that we have to pay for, why is that a thing? I mean, I get that there needs to be law, and as a libertarian, I'm very loose with my you know. I I like to, I would love for it to be a anarchy society where we all just you know there was no cops and everyone just agreed to be cool. But let's be real, that's not. There's always going to be an asshole, and there's always going to need someone to deal with that asshole, and then that someone needs to going to you know everyone needs to agree who that someone is who gets to deal with the assholes. And so there always is going to have to be some kind of um, enforcement of law. But th- the problem is our current law enforcement is ran by a very corrupt government and, you know, who's ran by the globalists. So it's it's a different different thing altogether. And we can't really do anything about it because of politics, you know. they They've completely taken over all of politics, you know, you're talking maybe one out of a hundred people in the government are not uh, bought and paid for in some way. And it's not like everyone knows that they're working for the globalists. You have to understand that. I'm sure 95% of these people are just like you and me. They just need some money to get to, you know, keep up with the Joneses. And uh, it's it's easy to just go, hey, here's some money, do what we say. And, you know, all of a sudden now your job is kind of a joke because it doesn't... You only wanted that job so you could have that nice shiny thing. And now if you can have all the shiny things you want without actually needing to do your job, well, that's how we get our current political system. Um, No one in Congress actually needs to do anything or vote for any bills or anything like that because as long as they can just keep their seat in Congress or the Senate or whatever then it doesn't matter if they actually get anything accomplished. And as long as the rich people are still paying their campaign donations and rigging the elections for them so that they definitely win, then that's the only people they need to serve, not us. So unfortunately, the one out of 100 that isn't bought and paid for cannot do jack shit because there's 99 other people they are going to vote down everything they say if it goes against the globalist agenda. And now that there's the internet and people can actually and computers and all that, it's way that's the main threat to the globalists now because you know they used to be able to control history. They could just uh, you know, oh, was there some part of history that they didn't like and didn't want everyone to know about? It It was very easy to suppress it. Whether it was killing everyone that knew, whether it was burning all the books that existed on the subject and then waiting a, you know a few hundred years because again they plan these things in multi-generational style plans like they don't really care if it takes 2 3 generations to eradicate something like that's fine to them like they'll 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 they will continue the work of their you know father and their father's father if necessary to achieve a grand goal and they're doing this with hundreds or thousands of other wealthy families that have also been running this world for the last 1000 years like the poorest of the poor bandwidth tier or whatever, then maybe only one person at a time would be able to listen to my podcast. So if there was already literally one person listening to my podcast, you'd have to like get in a queue to be able to listen to it. And so they, you know, and again, that's the basics of net neutrality. It's, um, you know, only allowing bandwidth to people that are already established, uh, government, you know, sanctioned people like CNN, or some major site like Google. You know, Google would always run lightning fast, but then once you click the link in Google, you know, you would get, depending on what site you're going to, it'd obviously slow down. But it's really just about slowing the flow of information. That's their problem. They don't know how else they're going to be able to stop something like one person tweeting out a piece of information and instantly millions of people knowing it. Because they can't just go kill, you know, two million people instantly or jail them or whatever, especially if they're all across the world. It would just be too much of a, a – a, there's, there's safety in numbers, people. That's the point. That's why Twitter, while it is controlled by them and they do throttle tweets, you know, like Donald Trump isn't allowed to see his positive um, comments. And we aren't allowed to see a lot of Donald Trump's tweets on our feed. You have to literally go right to his actual – page and or you know and click on tweets in order to actually see every one of his tweets they just won't they they block a bunch of them from coming through which is messed up and they do that with anyone they don't agree with you know just like they uh, kicked milo off of twitter because he was definitely he would be the type that if he found out some crazy shit no doubt would he shout it from the rooftops Um, and instantly red pill millions of us, you know, like, and we'd all go, holy shit, you know, and believe it. And that's the problem. That's why they definitely had to get rid of him. And that's why they're scared to death of Donald Trump still having a Twitter account. Because who knows, he might go in there and find out the aliens are real and fucking snap a picture and tweet it, you know, like, shit, that would be disastrous for them. That would really break, you know, their, uh, their uh, psychological trance that they've put us in, you know, because that's how they control us with psychology. And everything like that and it's you know they've spent so much time figuring out how to make us think about stuff and how to just warp our minds to their will to enslave us I mean that's they've spent hundreds of years studying and tweaking um, the different methods of control they use and the whole time they try to hide through uh, philanthropy and you know so we don't think they're bad people but it's it's such a uh, a crazy thing that they have to be nice to small groups of people in other countries so that we don't think they're terrible people even though they're killing us here and controlling us like slaves but they have to go virtual or virtue signal by helping out poor people uh, in other places so that we think that they're good you know I mean that's when in reality, like, hey, how about uh, helping out us with that money that you sent in there? Oh, well, we don't, you know, we need the most of our money, but we can help this, you know, small group of a 1,000 people out over here in Africa. You know, we can do that because that'll cost us like a million bucks. Um, you know, but we need this other $800 billion that we made this month. Sorry. And they also control the medicine, you know, and all the pharmaceutical companies that, let's just say this, instead of, I could say so much about the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors and the medicine, but all you really need to know is they could easily cure most of our diseases if they wanted to. Um, The problem is it's much easier to make us take pills because then all they have to do is take those pills away and we die. And so why would they take the easiest possible way to kill us out of their hands by curing us of any of these diseases? The only ones they really cure are ones that kill us off too quickly. Like, you know, even AIDS, they thought they were going to have to actually cure AIDS, but they've managed to instead make make everyone that has AIDS take a, you know, a 15 pill a day cocktail and they can, re- you know, live relatively, you know, decent lives and, have a decent lifespan still and still live to be 50, 60, 70 years old with AIDS, you know? So they, (laughs) instead of just curing it, they developed 14 different drugs to treat it. And again, it's not that they couldn't cure it, it's that why would they do that? Why would they make a pill that cures AIDS when they could sell someone 15 pills a day forever? And you have to then pay, you have to work a job and then somehow pay for these fucking pills, you know? Like, that's that's the point. And so they don't try to cure people. They want to just make medicine that can, you know, they can sell to the masses. And the whole point of most of the medicine is obviously just to make you docile and take away your creative freedom and just make you a, a nice nice slave, nice workhorse. And they use religion as a, a another tool to kinda point you in the right direction of what to do. You know, and I mean I hate to I'm not trying to rag on religion, but it it really is controlled by them. I mean they they are the reason why it exists. If it didn't, then it wouldn't be here. They control everything. They they are like the Christian God in the fact that they literally control and create everything. So uh, they allow religion to exist because it's the easiest way to control people who are religious, you know, and, and overgrowing people are in, in in my generation are non, you know, not religious or at least not a specific religion, if not you know, at least spiritual. And maybe they, they believe that there is a God or, or something after here and whatnot, just maybe not the whole, you know, Jesus and uh, pearly gates and getting judged for your sins part, you know, so it's kind of like, it's not, I'm not saying people aren't religious, but the whole do this or you go to hell religion hasn't really stuck with the younger generation. Um, I think that part of it might die off with our older generation, because honestly, you know, most young people nowadays are not all, you don't hear many you're going to hell arguments in, that are at all serious. It's made as a joke, if anything, you know, whereas... I feel that my grandfather's generation, that was probably definitely like a, no, man, you're going to hell. Like, and they were serious, like, (laughs) you know, like 25 year olds yelling at each other, like you can't do that or the, you know, God will punish you. I just, you don't see 20 somethings being seriously, uh, talking about that nowadays when they're sitting at a bar, you know, or just, it's not a, a thought. So I'm not saying that religion isn't there anymore. I'm just saying it doesn't have the same control that it once did. And that, you know, that's why they've put in, like, the new pope, for instance. And the new pope that agrees that, you know, atheists are cool and they're going to heaven too. And so are the gays. And let's just forgive everyone. And yeah, sure, evolution. We can work that in. And, you know, he's just the everyone's pope, right? But honestly, he actually, uh, you know, he made the previous pope resign. He blackmailed him. And that's that's why he's the new pope. Uh, it was kind of part of the deal. Part of the blackmail. And it wasn't even – I'm not saying that – it's. Still, he's still just a terrible guy that's bent on controlling the world, um, but the old one was not working out so well, and we needed a new pope to interface with the new young people that aren't really into the doom and gloom so much. So there's your new pope for you, A all-encompassing, like, yeah, it's cool, just listen, just keep going to church, keep giving us money. And keep believing in God, and we're cool, you know. Just trying to hang on to religion at every possible moment. And meanwhile, like diehard Catholics are freaking the hell out over this new pope because he's saying all kinds of crazy shit. And that's the point. Uh, it's he's trying to revamp the the look of the religion, and it's nice. Uh, it's it's nice to see that they're trying to at least do it. But it's it's on the other hand, I know that it's just because they fear losing that control method. And that's that's not a a really good reason to do that. Um, But really, they they do what they have to do to um, have continuity. They've ruled for a thousand years, and it's not like anyone has even tried to at all. I mean, it's not like there was some other giant uh, faction of globalists that are at war with this one. It's just been the one. Like, there are some, you know, they've managed to maintain this crazy power structure and not have any major competition. Um, They just absorb any competition at lower levels. So, you know, the upper people never have to deal with the lower bullshit, and the lower people get promoted from within as, you know, they have to deal with other people's bullshit on their lower end. So, it just is a continual ladder or pyramid of power that just keeps growing and growing. Um, expanding at the base and coming to a tippy point at the top with the Rothschilds and the, the Rockefellers and whatnot. And that's how the globalists control the world. It's you know just through um, c- continuity, it's just uh, intermarrying, keeping it all within certain groups and families and uh, making sure that everyone's on the same page up at the top levels. You know, So really the only two people that have to agree on the agenda are pretty much the Rockefellers and the uh, Rothschilds. As as long as they filter down their message to everyone else properly, it all gets accomplished uh, like they want. You see, the, uh, the globalists, or even you could call them the New World Order, as they were once called. Even George Bush Sr. once uh, discussed the New World Order in some speech, I remember. But anyways, the globalists, um, they... They, they changed the name to The Globalist, you know, because enough people were like, New World Order. Hmm, I don't know about that. So they like, all right, all right. They rebranded Globalism and The Globalist, you know. But it's important for you to understand that the, the elite do not want a world government, per se, you know, because that would be... That would mean that, like, the public have some form of voting or that it's an actual government of the world. And that would be, again... The worst thing they could do because then like the people would have an actual voice to unite around if possible, if they could actually figure out how to unite. but the problem is they don't so they don't want a world government as much as they want world governance okay uh, so they just they would love for there to be you know a few groups that they could easily control um, that would allow their you know personal motives to go forth. But they don't want to actually have a, a, a world government with like a world president, for instance, because then we might elect a Trump to that world president position, and they might wreck havoc on shit. See, so they want this new society to have different characteristics for different groups of people or classes. Um, run in a scientific manner by a subservient group of technocratic scientific elite. In fact, today we already live in a form of this scientific dictatorship, where the majority of people are brainwashed through birth, um, through the media and the education system. Ultimately, they want to develop uh, purposely made, genetically engineered humans, um, and only only with the purpose to serve the state as the ultimate slave. You know, and that's that's what their ultimate goal is, just for uh, to be able to, you know, especially with new things like CRISPR. Which they're, um, you know, we, we'll literally be able to adjust people's uh, human characteristics like sliders in, you know, The Sims 4, you know, and adjust their size and their attitudes and stuff, just like little sliders on a tablet. And be like, pick your kid, you know? And that's only only the problem is once we start doing that and letting them custom create our children, that'll be disease free and super smart. Um, they'll also be super subservient and wake up in the middle of the night and murder their parents, you know? or whatever the globalist program into them. This is why the elites are really scared of Donald Trump. He represents just like JFK did, which obviously they killed. That'll that'll be another conspiracy Sunday edition. We can talk about JFK, but Trump, much like JFK, is not part of their club. He knows about it. He's not an idiot. I mean, he's worked with these people his whole life. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, okay? It's not like he ever had to actually be poor, um, but that's my point. He grew up with all these people. He was not necessarily part of the globalist society, and who knows? Maybe he was, maybe he's been offered, maybe uh, you know, he had his disagreements and decided he wanted to not be a you know, satanic cultist trying to kill all people. I, don't, I have no idea. All, my point is they, they obviously did not want him to win. That is very obvious because since they control everything and they very much wanted Hillary Clinton to be president, um, you know, they already had the magazines printed for Hillary. I'm not sure if you guys remember that. Like they already had Newsweek. You're like, Madam President, you know, like it was in the bag. And somehow enough people threw up the fuck you symbol to the government that Donald Trump got elected. And now, obviously, with the current state of the media and just the, the sheer craziness that they actually think that we are, like for some reason, can just ignore Hillary Clinton's criminal negligence um, at, with Benghazi and her emails and their, frankly, negligence when it comes to reporting anything worthwhile anymore. I mean, it's literally, if it's not an anti-Trump piece, what's the point? Like, they don't even, do you do you catch any good news on the news anymore about anything positive that Trump did today? No. You have to go to the internet and go to, like, pro-Trump podcasts like this or websites in order to actually see anything worthwhile that he did that doesn't have a incredibly a negative attitude attached to it, okay? Like you know, like the recent transgender bathroom things. You know, that's the most recent crazy thing that he's getting, you know, shit on. And, okay, let's let's be clear. Obama did something he shouldn't have done knowing that uh, it wasn't even going to be an issue until after he left office. So now all these schools that he demanded they build a third bathroom for transgenders in have to actually, like, I don't know, they need, like, the money to do it and stuff like that. And, like, now... You know, they're, like, going to lose federal funding if they don't put a third bathroom in for transgendered people or something. And, yeah, so they went to Trump and, like, all right, so are we still doing this? And Trump's like, well, no, I'm not going to make everyone build a new bathroom for transgenders. Like, how about you just pick one and you go in it, okay? Like, it doesn't sound that crazy. The point is now he is a terrible person who wants to kill all transgenders because he can't – he wasn't going to, you know, re-agree – that Obama's shit he should not have agreed to anyways is going to happen. Because the only way Obama should have done that is if he was going to somehow come up with the money and demand it be done before he left office. If he was at all going to just say, yeah let's do this, you know, uh, two years from now when I'm no longer it. All he's doing is making it so it's now Donald Trump's problem and that he, now Donald Trump has to address it and be the negative person about it. And it's, you know, now he gets shit on for having to go no, this this was always dumb, this is silly, uh you know just i, I I'm not going to like get into transgenders and you know trying to say whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think we can all agree that um, if transgenders get their own bathrooms, then what about people who only like to wear uh giant stuffed animal outfits like those uh, foxkins or whatever? Do they get their own bathrooms, too? Why not? Because they think they're foxes, just like transgender people think that they're the opposite sex, okay? And, I mean, that's—the point is, it was a silly thing. Obama did it just to make Trump look bad, and he did. He successfully did. Now Trump has to look bad and be like, oh, okay, yep, it was kind of a dumb idea, so we're not going to go do that. But that's the point. Everything that Obama did in his last three months of office was just— purely to make Trump look shitty, you know? Like, pretty much as soon as Hillary Clinton canceled them fireworks, you know, before, you know, two days before the election, when they knew the jig was up and they were going to lose it, um, that's, that's when they started going to work to trip Trump up as much as possible. And the whole reason why they have created this, like, ridiculous Russian narrative that Russians are somehow, they're trying to restart the Cold War, okay? And the reason why they're doing that is Russia... Um not sure if you realize this. They're not the boogeyman they once were. Sure they have nukes, just like us. What's the difference if they have a little more or a little less nukes than we do? The point is we both have enough nukes to blow up the world fucking a thousand times. So okay, let's forget about that. So what else is scary about Russia again? Well their economy's in the tank, they're not a threat there at all. Um landmass wise, they I think they have more than us, but you know, most of it's, um, unpopulated and not, you know, some of it's like extremely cold, like Alaska style shit, you know, so it's not like, uh, people live everywhere, but more importantly, they're a, uh, white society of Christians who, you know, their, their views on gays could be a little to be desired. Like it'd be nice if they were a little bit, you know, chiller with them to mesh with our society, especially. But other than that, they're very much – they've got the right attitude, especially when it comes to Muslim immigrants, for instance, because their attitude is pretty much, uh, well, you can be Russian or you can get the fuck out because uh, there will be no Sharia law. There will be no uh, courts with imams in it. You know, Any crap like that we find will just kill you or kick you out of the country or whatever. Uh, Russians don't mess around, and that's the point. You know, There was a – well – there was a good story back in the day of apparently some Muslim extremists kidnapped some Russians and basically Russia then kidnapped the Muslim extremists family and like chopped off their genitals and sent it to the the extremists, um, which, and then return, like release the Russian hostages immediately so that they could get their family members back, hopefully alive. And I think they got most of them back alive, just obviously missing that piece. So, that's my point. Like, you don't mess with the Russians. They'll, they'll, most Russians would gladly die for you know country just like we will. Uh, well, at least we we did. You know, my my generation and lower, I'm not so sure you're going to find a whole lot of people that say that they would die for their country. At least not as many as you would in Russia. Whereas my older generation, like people probably 50 and older, I bet you a lot of them they they would at least said in their youth that they would die for country and whatnot. It's a lot more patriotic society back then, um, which again, you know globalists are very anti uh, patriotic you know things because that's that makes us care about us and our country um, and that's the opposite of what they want and that was our my point with russia is they like us have their national interests in heart and putin as much as he is a gangster and as much as he does you know occasionally just kill people that disagree with him in his own country uh... he's really done a lot to reform and reunite his country Um and that's not, I'm not saying that the ends justify the means, but I am saying that uh, if we could just get out of their way and let them I can fix the Middle East, they would handle it for us. That's, you know, we just got to let them drop the bombs and us not tell them not to. And that was the whole reason why Hillary Clinton was so dangerous. She wanted to set up a no-fly zone in Syria so the Russians couldn't, you know, bomb the wrong people, which are actually the right people, by the way. They want to bomb the actual rebels that are trying to, uh, you know, overturn Assad's rule. Assad, the democratically elected leader of Syria. So we were helping the people trying to kick the democratically elected guy out of office. That sound weird to you? You know? The point is, so the Russians were on the right side of history on this one, honestly, but as long as the... And, and Putin, much like Trump, is not a globalist, and that's why they get along. Because they are two people that gave the middle fingers to that giant group that runs everything and are somehow still walking the earth. That, my friend, is why we have to be friends with Russia. And that is why the media is so negative about Russia and all of that. It's because it is the worst thing for them for us to become best friends with Russia. That's why the Cold War existed. That's why we've always tried to maintain. That's why they've always tried to keep us from being friends with Russia. It's because Russia and America together, we could actually fix this. We could fix this world. That's the point. We've, they've made it as hard as possible for us to, to get along on purpose. And with that, I'm going to let you guys get back to your Sunday. Uh, I know I'm going to get back to mine. Um, I hope you enjoyed this Sunday conspiracy edition. Um, if you liked it, please share and uh, subscribe and follow and all that good stuff. And y'all have a good one.